Hello, and welcome to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I'm Sarah. And I am Melinda. And this is your friendly travel podcast. That's also yes. your favorite. Both of those things. Friendly-ish and uh, your favorite. <laughs> because we're only friendly-ish. You know, that's probably accurate. Yeah. But your favorite is spot on. Very true. Everyone loves us. According to all of our four reviews, only two of which are probably oh. from us. Oh, you know, our, our star ratings. Yeah. We, we literally have one actual written review. But it's a good one. And it confirms yeah, we so, are, in fact, the best. So suck yes. it. So thank you. That was really nice. That was kind of you. We appreciate it. Agreed. Ooh. Um, but speaking of being liked and whatnot, uh, we finally have a Facebook page. We do. And... There will be more content on it soon. Yes, we've we've abandoned MySpace 2 and we've moved over to Facebook. Yeah, ever since Tom stopped following us, we decided it was time to move on from MySpace. Yeah, that one hurt. So yeah, we have a Facebook ch- uh, page. So go check that out. Um, we're also on Instagram and Pinterest. And we would love it if you enjoy listening to us, if you would share links to these things with your friends so that they can also enjoy us. They can do what? Enjoy us. We are enjoyable. I thought you said invoice us and I got really confused. (laughs) Can you imagine if someone listened to our podcast was like, that is an entire hour of my life. I will be billing you for this. (laughs) Oh, that hurts too. I've threatened to do that to vendors. You wasted my life. I need that back, please. Here's the bill. Tell me if that works out. If you, if they want to bill us and see how that works out, I think we'll be telling them how that works out. (laughs) No, no, no. How, how... Uh, you billing somebody else for your time. I tried it with T-Mobile once. I said, you've wasted so much of my time. I'm going to send you an invoice. And they're like, that's not how that works, ma'am. I was like, you would be surprised. Watch me. Oh my gosh. Speaking about that and customer service, shall we do our weekly update? Go for it. So last week, Sarah and I finally figured out what our travel destination of 2019 was going to be. And we booked our flights. No problem. Little spendy, but okay. Then... What was it? Was it the no? It was two days later. I got an email from Orbitz saying that the airline has acknowledged like the the fare price and all that as agreed upon from the website. So like I need to contact their customer service reps whatnot. So I did. Dun dun dun. That flight actually doesn't exist as an option. It's just the website hasn't updated to take it down. Okay, no problem. So I rebook. Cost me more. Wasn't happy about that because all of a sudden everything just jumped in price but whatever i was getting there it was my flight out of the country so i kind of needed something because all of a sudden i'd be coming back and i don't know how to get there so i thought case closed we're done the next day i got a phone call with a voicemail and an email telling me the exact same thing and i called back and that customer service rep just didn't seem to know what he was talking about because all of a sudden he's telling me that my flight was changed to the next day and it's like what flight are you talking about because i have a different one now Nope, it was the OG one. And then, like, every time I asked him a question of, like, are we done with this? Or, like, can this IT ticket or whatever you have, can this be done, resolved? He kept telling me that the charges were going to drop off in, like, three to five business days. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not worried about the charges. I'll, like, you know, fight it against my card and they can go after you. No problem. It's just, are we done? Nope. I've gotten five emails. Today was email number five. It won't go away. It reminds me of the time I tried to reset my password on T-Mobile and they send you like an account verification code via text. And I got the code, typed it in, got into my account. And then I got the text message every hour 
for the next three days. No. And I was like, I'm good. And the funny thing is, is it wasn't a new code each time. It was the exact same code. It makes me wonder if their system only has one code that they send to everyone. But I had to go out to their customer service. And I was like, dude, I got it. I'm in my account. You can stop now. And they said, okay, sure, sure, sure. We'll get rid of it. And then they didn't clear it. And I kept getting it for another day. So I ended up just blocking their number. But see, the problem is, is that like anything comes up with the other flights, I need to know. So I can't just block this email. Right. But if you open it and see it's about the same flight, you can just delete it. I am now. But it's like, I need, I just, oh, this is going to drive me nuts getting these until we leave. (laughs) Like it's already just frustrating it's like stop emailing me we've talked about this i've called three times i have something else similar i got some random dude in north carolina forwarded me the itinerary he had booked for his grandmother to fly out to visit him and i wrote him back like hey this isn't for me could you maybe stop emailing me because he emails me a shit ton i get emails for his grandmother all the time and he goes he wrote back, look, you don't have to be such a bitch about it. I was like, ooh, here's the thing. You email me nearly weekly and have for a couple years. Your grandmother is not getting these messages. So I completely forgot about it. And then the other day I got a notification that says, hey, your flight to North Carolina has been canceled. It's like, uh, I sure hope so because I don't have a flight to North Carolina. But because the email had gone into my Gmail and I had replied to it, it was in my calendar. And then I was getting all the Google <laughs> alerts for it. And it would not stop. I was like, oh, your flight has been delayed. It's been delayed a little longer. It's been, I'm like, it's not my flight. I'm not there. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, no. For two years? Yeah. This guy emails me all the time. And like, I'm on his family prayer request email chain. I was like, guys, seriously, stop it. Leave me alone. Or that's what you should just email him. Send, send snacks. <laughs> send cookies. I've or, moved to Germany. Here's my address. <laughs> There's another person who uses my email address whenever she signs up for things. And she's also applied for jobs for Walmart. So whenever a new job that comes up that fits her criteria, I get alerts saying, hey, do you want to apply for this job at Walmart? No, I definitely do not. I'm like, And no, my Nissan does not need servicing because I don't own a Nissan. Is she not getting her recall notifications for anything on her vehicle? Probably not. Oh, oh boy. So uh, yeah, make sure you're legitimately using your own email address when you sign up for things and try not to cry every time you get the same notification from the same <laughs> mailer. Because I've called three times. Just like, can you close this ticket? It has a case number. Just done. Please. I'm I'm still pretty certain that they just love you. And they're like, I want to talk to her again. Can I call her? She has such a beautiful well, no, only... voice. I just want to hear her say my name. I've only gotten, I, the, that was the weirdest thing. On the second day, I got a phone call and a voicemail. And they're like, you need to call us back as soon as you can. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh shit, is this on the flight that I just rebooked? Is it on my return flight? No, it's about the OG flight to get out of the country that no longer exists. And it's like, cool, I'm over it. Stop emailing me. <laughs> yep, let's be honest. He just wants to be your friend. No, because I've gotten different customer service representatives. The first and the third one, delightful, very helpful. The middle one, he's got to be like brand new or something because he just did not know what was going on i think you just need to shout what are you new and then hang up it was literally like the who's on first comedy sketch (laughs) trying to figure out what flight we were talking about so frustrating maybe they think if they make really good friends with you by calling over and over again you'll invite them on vacation to be like she's traveling solo maybe she wants a friend only if they're gonna buy me food 
<laughs> that's that's all I'm in it for. Like, you can come travel with me, but buy me snacks, please. Kind of sounds what you're looking for is not a travel companion, but a sugar daddy. They don't have to be sweet snacks. They're just snacks in general. <laughs> that is not what a I sugar know, daddy is, my friend. the presented itself for a bad joke. I'm not sorry, either. Oh, that sounds so much like something I'm my not, mom would that say. That was totally a dad joke, too. I'm not sorry. That just happened. Wow. Remember that performance <laughs> review we were discussing? Too late. You've kept me. This is like, what? Episode 13? Yeah, you yep, can't get 13. rid of me now. I'm like, you know, tenured, whatnot. <laughs> Is that when podcast tenure kicks in? Anytime after episode no, 13? A- episode 10. You're kind of established. You can't change it. You're going to throw everybody off. You can't get rid of me. I'm like the plague now. <laughs> you know, the plague eventually went away, right? Yeah, I know. I didn't have a better example. and That's all I could think of. <laughs> I think Zika would work better. Oh, maybe, maybe. Human Zika. That just sounds so negative, though. I want something a little bit I mean, more positive. All I could come up with was human herpes after that. Ooh, hard <laughs> pass. Uh, do you have a, a weekly update? I don't think so. Except that there's a siren going through my neighborhood, which is super fun. You know, I thought that only happened when you lived in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, no, no. Helicopters are LA. Sirens are everywhere. That's true. There was a lot of helicopters. And you kept threatening to throw cats at them i drove for like 16 hours (laughs) by myself so i might have been a little uh a little loopy yeah you say that as if you only said such things on the first day still sleep deprived Mm -hmm. that's my Mm -hmm. story and i'm Mm -hmm. sticking to it okay well i don't really have an update but what i do have to say is that we are getting close to another pretty big download milestone yay and when we do we might be doing a small little screw you sirens a little possible giveaway so i would encourage you to continue to share our podcast with your friends because the more people we get downloading the faster we hit that milestone and the closer you are to winning some cool free shit which who doesn't love free shit personally i would never pay for shit but if you give it to me for free yeah maybe wow you said my joke was bad Yeah, I was going to say, you took a long pause as if to judge oh. me. I was like, do you remember the joke that you just told? No, I'm just, <laughs> I think I did far better than you did, my friend, but that's okay. Mm. Baby steps. We all can't have yeah. bad jokes ready in her pocket like I can. If you are listening right now and you think my joke was better than hers, tweet us. If you think her joke was better than mine, keep it to yourself. Wow. <laughs> I see what you did there. I I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like when people do surveys on Twitter before you could do the poll option. It was like, like if you agree, retweet if you disagree. Nobody wants to retweet a stupid quiz. So everything, it's always going to be the one that you set up as liking that wins. Wow. Harsh barge, man. You know what? It's not my fault. I'm so clever. You and your Webernets. Um, we don't have, okay, well, I sort of have an in-flight cocktail. Sarah does not. Okay. Because she's lame. Uh, Sarah moved the recording equipment into her bedroom, and she isn't sure why she's talking in the third person, uh, because... The dog and the cat are calmer when we're in bed. And so I thought maybe if I set it up here, I could keep them calm. And it seems to be working. But now I'm stuck in bed. I've got the recording arm with the mic on it over me, laptop on my lap, and like animals all around me. So climbing out of bed to get a drink is not 
an option, which is also why I am recording nearly in the dark because it was light when we started and I didn't have the bedroom light on, but now I'm situated and I can't get up and turn it back on. So uh, enjoy the video. That's that's Melinda, just to me. So she's yeah. the only one who's going to see the video. Yeah, that was just to me. Um, no, it's daylight still for me, and uh, I have Gatorade as my in-flight cocktail. But um, I did before we started. I ate bee pollen, so that's kind of cool. That's like a cocktail. Yeah, uh, a few nuggets of bee pollen on wild, like local wildflower honey. Trying to get these allergies oh. under control. So we'll see how that goes. It wasn't bad. It has the taste, and- but it's I don't know how to describe it. But it wasn't bad. And if this treatment is successful, she will become the wasp from Ant Man and the Wasp. That's how she became a wasp right i don't know i didn't see that one eating bee pollen but hey well she's an ant-man too whatever makes me not want to gouge my eyes out because they're so freaking itchy from everything the better well good luck thanks i'm yeah gotta gotta build up my bee pollen eating spring has been so mild here that my allergies haven't quite kicked in yet but as of today like my nose has started running like ah crap i always forget i didn't have allergy problems in la for the whole time i was there then i move here and suddenly like oh right i still have allergies and it blows yeah i got allergies as an adult and it's like man this sucks Uh, once when i was a kid i did safety patrol at my elementary school and one of the areas that you had to stand guard was a stairwell that leads through a swamp and it was really marshy and gross and one day i was out there and i rubbed my eyes and when i came back into class my teacher goes you need to go to the hospital and i go why he goes can you see anything because your face is like swollen shut and uh yeah he was right i barely had like even a slit for an eye left yikes they had to take me to the hospital and give me some i don't know epi or something i don't know it wasn't a needle but it like that drug and I was out for a couple days because truly my eyes were so swollen and awful that I couldn't see allergies man they're no joke yeah gross yeah but on a happier note uh, do you believe you have the new story or a new story this time I do so today we're going to be talking about planning trips and where you get your inspiration and whatnot and with that in mind coincidentally we came up with this idea for an episode and the next day I found an article in the New York Times titled why you shouldn't trust a stranger's five-star review and it was written by Joanne Chen and it's basically talking about how we've come to a point in our lives where we rely on the reviews of strangers really really heavily like how often do you think oh I think I might buy this and then you look at the reviews or you go to book a hotel and you check out the reviews. There's so many things that we rely on other people to tell us whether something is good or not. Um, But it's kind of a risky game because how do you know how another person is judging something? What scale are they using? Is it the same scale that everybody uses? Because in reality, probably not. So one of the interesting parts that I pulled from the article was when she said, finally, it's hard to know what the stars even mean. Oftentimes, whether it's a mattress or a can opener or an Uber driver, a five-star rating means nothing disastrous happened, <laughs> said Nikhil Garg, a doctoral candidate at Stanford University. A recent study he co-wrote reported that 80% of people gave freelancers hired from an online platform five stars. But when asked people to choose from different words, terrible, mediocre, best possible, etc. At least half of the freelancers earned the equivalent of a two or a three or four star review. And I think that's really true. I don't know how many times I've bought something and thought, it does the job, five stars. And that's not really what five stars should mean. Five stars should mean above and beyond. Life-changing. Perfect. 
earth-chattering. Yeah, exactly. And what they suggest is, for those who insist on using user reviews, filter your filters. When I researched my mattress guide, I focused on products with substantial number of reviews and reviews that were less than a year old. That's because product designs and hotels and chefs change over time. And that's pretty key. If you're looking at reviews and most of them are really great but are old and the recent reviews suck, they've changed something but they haven't split their product into a separate uh, product online for it to receive separate reviews. And the same name does not mean re- you are receiving the same product being reviewed by people in the past. I always try and look for reviews that are lengthy and explain why they gave that rating, whether it be good or bad, instead of just great product, awesome, five stars. You know, I want the ones that are like a slight saga of what happened, how they used it, how it worked. And the other thing they mention is you should be suspicious when a company or a freelancer, anybody is really, really hounding people to make reviews because that the volume of reviews tend to signal quality and the more okay to good reviews they receive will drown out the really bad ones. And sometimes you re- you should look at the really bad ones because uh, people make those reviews for a reason. The other thing to consider is that when you see people who are making really bad or really good reviews, what is their motivation? Did something go horribly wrong and they're just gonna trash the company? Or did something go slightly wrong and they decide that's enough reason to trash the company. So take everything you read online with a grain of salt. I really do recommend this article. Check it out on the New York Times if you still have your free article of the week available, because she does make some interesting points that we're assuming that everyone who's leaving a review thinks the same way we do, and that is not often or hardly ever the case. Everybody has their own personal scale, and it's interesting that our culture has decided that this is something we can all buy into when it's probably not the most accurate way so do your research so research 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 because we have one positive review that means that we might actually be doing something right (laughs) exactly no 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 see the difference between us and what we're describing here is that we are amazing and we don't have any negative reviews not Not a single one single one yay us so we're not drowning out the bad reviews because there are none but we are hounding people like to like us (laughs) well yeah But again, different because we're special. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that one. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that's that's really, really smart. And that just kind of leads us into today's topic about once you pick your destination, how do you figure out what you want to do, what you want to see? I mean, one, I think one of the very influential social media sites that we have is Instagram. And because vacation pictures are so readily available to look at from other people that we get this idea of this is what this is why I want to go here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you see those those beautifully planned and thought out and prepared posed shots that uh, and I, I think that's the hazard with Instagram is exactly that that they are they look like candid photos. Like, oh, it's just me eating a croissant on the banks of the Seine. Look how casual I am. Isn't this perfect? But what you don't necessarily see, and I think more and more people are aware of, is the fact that those pictures are so carefully thought out and planned. This is not a candid moment. There's no such thing as a candid moment on influencer Instagram. But I love, love, love when people actually post. They post a picture that they were aiming to get, and they post some of the other pictures that aren't so flattering, aren't so, <laughs> like, they didn't turn out well, along with it, because it, it, 
gives you the reality of what it's what that process was actually like. All the unflattering angles yeah, and like blurry did. ones. Not everybody can have an Instagram husband like Sarah. <laughs> I am a very good Instagram husband. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not. I get the pictures of Sarah like making weird faces while she's eating. Yeah, you do get a lot of those. Thanks. I try. That's the problem. Those are my favorite. I think my favorite picture that you've taken of me is when we were checking out of one of the hostels in Scotland and we were walking past a tapestry that had a unicorn on it and I mimicked it by sticking my forefinger against my forehead and sticking it out like a horn and I was joking and then I look over and you had been taking taking a picture the whole time you're such a snob i love that picture (laughs) or the one where you're also checking your phone um and you're flipping me off we were in london for that one you say that as if i haven't done that to you no but that was just it was just beautifully composed with the background the foreground (laughs) and your middle finger practically a renaissance painting yeah no that was that was perfect but yeah um instagram is good for inspiration but it's not full truth i guess so it's a good starting point of like hey here's this pretty destination that you can go check out but be aware that reality versus expectation there's a wide rift between the two when it comes to instagram oh yes oh yes and then there's pinterest which pinterest it whoo it's a wealth of uh information sometimes and sometimes it's a little bit too much like it's really easy to like type Sweden into Pinterest and next thing you know you've got 10,000 pins of 50 things you must do in Sweden like oh good lord how am I ever going to parse through all of this I always try like I will go to Pinterest to find ideas of things but a lot of it is what to do in three days top 10 things you must see like all this like you have to do this this way so I'll go through and read them if nothing sparks my interest I'm not gonna pin it for later but if you have really good food tips I'm definitely a little bit more interested. The hazard with Pinterest is that the way media has been sensationalized where nothing is, here are things you might want to see. It's things you must do before you die. Yeah. mm, Here's your bucket list for Sweden. This is what you got to do. That's it. End of story. Everything else can be skipped. If you don't check every single box on this list, you've wasted your time. You have not properly Sweden. (laughs) That's basically what it's telling me. How do you properly Sweden? Um, ABBA. Fika. ABBA. And, um, Ikea. Yeah, actually. Ooh, uh, princess cakes. Princess cakes. But that's also Ikea. You can get them there. I know. I think that's, I need a princess cake. Also, can you have a princess cake? It has whipped cream in it. I can. But it may not end well. <laughs> so what you're saying is that night we need to be play- staying at a place that has um, multiple bathrooms. bathrooms. Options for everybody. Multiple? What are you doing that requires multiple no, bathrooms? No, no, It's so I don't hog a bathroom and leave everybody else stranded. Oh, or we could just go for a private bathroom and I'll just step outside. Will you go get me more lactate? <laughs> sure. Or you could just bring no, some. No, I... Uh, anytime I'm knowingly going to a country that's very fond of dairy, like Italy, I literally brought a Costco-sized box of lactate so I could be a little bit less miserable. I'm glad Ashley went on that trip with you. She is far braver than I. No, it was totally fine. The only thing was, is like, I could not eat gelato. Oh, gelato's so good. Or like, we timed it so gelato was on the way back to the hostel, and it was only a couple (laughs) nights, and then I'm like, okay, I can't. But it was so good, you guys. Pistachio Mm. gelato in Italy. Do it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah, that was my problem when I was in Venice. There's so, so many gelato places, and every time I passed one, I'd be like, you know, it's been a couple hours. I could probably have another (laughs) 
Dude, now I want gelato. Bummer, dude. Um, somebody so good. Now I'm a little sad reminiscing. But um, mm. back to Pinterest. <laughs> read read over. Try not to get overwhelmed. Find ones where they're like top 10, top three. What to do in a day. Like smaller, smaller quantities of information being thrown at you. And do just remember that it's all whoever's blog that is. It's their personal opinion. Maybe they went to this museum and they weren't a big fan, but maybe this is something that actually sparks your interest, you know? Yeah, and put keywords in your search. So if you're looking for things that are budget-friendly, put that in there. If you are looking for things dealing with art, put that in there. Narrow down your results so as not to overwhelm yourself with too much information. Yeah, and if you're looking at, like, general information about the country and whatnot, take that with a grain of salt because someone will tell you maybe that you don't need a visa, but you should probably do an official check on that one. Yeah. Or stuff like that. Or like, do you need any uh, vaccinations or anything? You know what I mean? All like the really technical important stuff. Yeah. Trust, but verify. That is the key takeaway from all of this is no matter what you read, trust it, but double check it yourself. I mean, you should probably still double check the things that we say. No. We're the law. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No. I've never once been wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, and I believe that's exactly how you live your life day to day. (laughs) (laughs) I see it. No, I mean, uh, things, things change too. So, you know, just because like five years ago, you didn't need a visa to get into what the UK, maybe now you need one. Yeah. Oh, it's like the woman I saw on Facebook the other day who had a huge stack of Italian lira and was asking, so how much is this worth? I'm so excited to spend it when I go to Italy next year. It's like, oh, oh. no, 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 no. Wait, it's not worth anything, honey. When did they stop? I know they stopped, but when did they stop using the lira? 17 years ago. Oh, shit. (laughs) Don't hang on to cash that you don't need. Some people had handy tips for how she might be able to convert it. Apparently, there is one bank in Rome that may take it, but I just felt so bad. I'm like, that's... Granted, she thought it was worth $3,000 and it was worth maybe 30 bucks. But still, she's been carrying around that much coinage for how long? Yikes. Which, you know, if you look it up on Pinterest, I'm sure they tell you like, yeah, you're good. You can still use it. Maybe verify. (laughs) You know. For all those pins left over from the 90s. Damn right. <laughs> I love the idea of Pinterest in 20 years and people are still digging through the tw- the same pins. Like, nope, clear some of that stuff out. Don't trust everything you read on Pinterest. That's probably going to happen too, though, if you think about that. Mm-hmm. Unless these blogs one by one come down because not everyone's going to maintain their personal blogs forever. Or they'll have but to still. go and like update older posts and whatnot. Ooh. Yep. The future of uh, Pinterest. Think about it. So another place you may turn to find information for planning your trip would be guidebooks. Guidebooks, for instance, like Lonely Planet, Rick Steves. I can't think of others, but there's lots. The problem with guidebooks is that once it's printed, they're already out of date. Oh, yeah, big so, time. So one of the things that, like for instance, my mom likes to do is go to thrift stores and buy travel guidebooks. The problem is, is the, the bulk of the information will still be accurate, but how do you know what is no longer accurate? And that's where I kind of, I like guidebooks. I particularly like the covers on the Lonely Planet ones and the idea of someday having like a shelf covered in those books of all the places I've ever been appeals to the book nerd in me. But logically, I know that they're not necessarily the best source of information. Maybe a good place to get your, to get the groundwork of a trip 
but I wouldn't necessarily trust the opening times or the prices that they mention, that kind of stuff. It's kind of a fine line between educating yourself and then miseducating yourself. Yeah. And that's true of everything. It's not as if the printer's posts, like we just said, are going to be constantly updated. But text out, like books outdate themselves much more quickly. But it's also, again, a good starting point. Okay, you know, this museum should be open around here. It should cost about here. Well, double check on their website, but it gets you an idea if you're trying to like straight up budget before you go. Potentially what you're going to be getting yourself into for cost-wise. And the good thing about guidebooks is that they're written by experts. These people know their shit inside and out. But on the other hand, Pinterest is something you have on your phone. A guidebook is something that takes up physical space in your bag. Which, so... It's always always interesting to see the person at like the train station or the airport that has the guidebook with them with a million flags in it i love those people i know i love them like they're so prepared like oh it's just the only thing is is that like all those flags it just kind of makes me wonder like are you actually gonna see anything or is it just gonna be a whirlwind of everything i think i do still get guidebooks because i I do like the foundation of information they provide, but I get them in ebook form so that I can have them on my phone and I can search through the flags much more easily. You highlight things, you search for what terms you may remember. And I think that's much easier. Whereas if I had a physical book and I had to flip through looking for a specific item that I had thought of, I would lose my mind. It get complicated. Yeah. Oh, guidebooks. I do love the photography. I just don't like the physical space they take up. Yeah. I'm a fan of a guidebook too. I'm, I just like books in general. So any chance for a new book, I'm kind of happy. Yeah. Well, it, and if you're someone like me or you're someone who is constantly traveling like a digital nomad, books are not an option. I moved too much to, to keep books with me. I switched over after my second apartment in LA and I was like, nope, I, I, I've got to get rid of these books because I can't afford to pay people to move them for me. So yeah, use good judgment with guidebooks. Try and keep in mind their published date. Double check certain yeah. things, especially if it's like, this is something I absolutely want to do while I'm here. Definitely, definitely double check those things. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're still open. Make sure it's an affordable entrance fee. Or if they haven't changed from being free to having an entrance fee. Yeah, just same as Pinterest. Trust, but verify. Anything you read, you should check directly with the source. And that leads us to TripAdvisor. Big time website <laughs> with a lot of reviews and information about a lot of different places. A lot. Um, uh, if you're not familiar with TripAdvisor, think of it sort of as Yelp, but for travel destinations. And not just specifically cities, but more granular like restaurants and sites and museums and anything a tourist might want to see. Which again, it's it's good to read all those reviews, see what people thought about it, see you know like go go deep don't just look at the ones that like great 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 atmosphere great food you know find the reviews that actually say why did they like this specific place did they have problems the one nice thing about TripAdvisor is that they rank their reviewers so if you look at a review it'll tell you like how many reviews this person has what how the how people have rated their reviews and once you get a certain level of like positive reactions to your reviews you climb up in the rankings so if you're looking at a review from a top tier reviewer it's probably more reliable than someone who just signed up for an account last week and is only on there to talk about how cool the bathroom was at the local mcdonald's like while fun and interesting that is i need a little bit more (laughs) 
you need a little bit more on the review about a McDonald's bathroom? No, no, no. About the whole establishment. Was it clean? Were they friendly? All that good stuff. Were the burgers, in fact, burgers? Was it horse or cow? Just tell me. All important questions. Tell me what it is. Don't lie to me. So when you're reading reviews on TripAdvisor, check what that person's ranking is. The more established they are, the more trustworthy they are. But you have to understand that even if they're super trustworthy reviewer their goals while traveling might be different than yours and that has to be taken into consideration someone who likes to travel in the lap of luxury while good at reviewing that type of thing might give bad reviews to cheaper more budget options and maybe that's what you're looking for so don't wholly discount something just because someone said that they didn't like it yeah you know read all the details double check fact check if you find something on like a general website it's always good to check out like you know if you're looking at hostels that are budget friendly find it on TripAdvisor, but then maybe go to the actual website compare mm-hmm. notes because what the website is going to show you for that one specific place might be a little glamorous than people who actually experienced will be able to show so you know the website may not have like all the answers but it's good to compare notes from what people actually experience versus what they're just trying to portray out there yeah and i guess when you read bad reviews try to understand what the person's perspective is because for instance i've seen reviews of hostels that say things like we arrived and we were disgusted to find out that we had to share a bathroom that is kind of part of the hostel experience it's pretty rare unless you have a private room to have a private bathroom Mm -hmm. so if you came here expecting to have a private bathroom maybe you just didn't understand hostel didn't quite know what you were getting into different than hotel which is different than motel so filter consider the person's perspective verify because usually if they don't like something they're going to tell you we usually stay at like these sort of establishments but thought we'd go for it for this one so maybe that's not necessarily a review that'll work for you because that's not your travel style and once you've visited these places and done the things that you've booked go back and also leave your review because maybe there's someone out there who has a similar perspective and needs an input from someone like you so it never hurts to chime in later even if you're just going to say this was sufficient it was not life-changing it was not horrendous but it got the the job done because sometimes that's all people are looking for i'm not looking for a super fancy hotel all i'm looking for is that it is not a hole so long as it is not a hole i am going to be okay with it that's my perspective at least (laughs) different standards are you okay with a hole (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, because I've stayed at a a pretty gross. I don't. Uh, hostel's not the right word. I don't know what to call it really. But it was. Where was this? It was in Switzerland. It was just. It was just dirty. But it was for one night, so it's like okay, we can do this. But I would not go back again to that place. This is what I really dirty, love. Dirty are reviews from people who don't understand that things are culturally different in some places, where they're like. They didn't have a bathtub. How dare they? Or, God, what was one I read recently? Oh, what I hear all the time is I booked this place and I cannot believe that they did not have air conditioning. Well, air conditioning is not everywhere. That is not a standard everywhere in the world. So if you travel and expect every single comfort you have at home, you are by default going to be disappointed. Very true. Or screens on the window. People get really pissy about there not being screens on the window in Europe. They don't do that. That's just not a thing they do here. If you fall out, you fall out. I don't 
think that's what screens on windows are for. It's not to keep you from falling out. It's to keep bugs from getting in. Right. But also if you fall out, then you fall out. Sucks a suck. How strong are the screens on the windows at your house? I don't know. I haven't tested if it. I, if I even slightly pushed on the ones in our house, they popped out. I don't know. Okay, well, still, if you fall out, you fall out the window. (laughs) Screen or no screen. We used to have a problem when we first got Birdie, the cat that I've stolen from my parents. Um, She was not supposed to go outside because she used to run away with her previous owners. And that's why they returned her. She ran away too much. Heaven forbid. Um, So she would stay in our parents' bedroom during the day. But my parents' bedroom is on the second floor. And they have screens on their windows. But they'd keep the window cracked just a little bit to get some breeze going through there. And she would jump from the bedpost onto the windowsill. And then pop the screens out and escape. Jumping from the second story window. And we'd find her a couple days later. Like, oh, can can I get some food, guys? Can I, Can I come, come in? back inside? But it's really friggin' hard to put screens back on a window on the second story. <laughs> We've got a runner! I think after a while, they're just like, screw it. We don't care. The, the screen is gone. It has been lost in time. Do what you need to, cat. <laughs> and then she moved in with me, and she never tried to run away again. That's because she just got saying. old and cranky. She wasn't that old when I took her. She was maybe five or six. She was already getting down that cranky path. You know what? She is... I'm perfectly okay with her being a grumpy old lady. Yeah. She's a sweet, grumpy she's old so lady. cute. Sweet, grumpy old lady. To me, she does not like my sister. <laughs> it was hilarious. She likes maybe four people on this planet. I want She's just them. lucky that she found one of them that likes her back. Aw, grumpy kitties. Yeah. Hi, cute cat. She's still right next to me, just glaring at me like, will you shut up? Stop talking about me. <laughs> Any other sites? I guess there's always Facebook and different travel groups, but again, that's all opinion-based. Yeah, I guess- Allie's come to see me. (laughs) Go on, I'm listening. Travel Facebook groups are another good source of information, but more so than any other forum, I think. Facebook tends to turn into a debate no matter what topic you present. I don't know why that's true. I witnessed this morning a huge blowout argument in a Facebook group about whether or not you should keep your passport on you. Well, I mean, do what you want. If certainly there are places where that's illegal, but if you're not, if you're willing to take that risk, whatever. No skin off my back. As long as I'm not traveling with you, I don't care. But I don't know why everything on Facebook has to become a huge fist fight, like a verbal fight. Why? Why is this the case? But on the other hand, there's a lot of people who know a lot of things and they're willing to share that information. So I guess read the comments, but prepared to be mildly annoyed by the arguments. But every now and again, there's a gem that pops up where someone's completely joking, like the hamburger, <laughs> the all hamburger diet. And boy, do oh, people get so riled good. up. There was a guy in the Rick Steves Facebook group a couple days ago who was talking about how he, his wife, and his daughter are going to France and they're really struggling to find places to eat because they're on a strict all hamburger diet. No fast food, though. And people lost their minds. Oh my god. Clearly, they have never experienced internet trolling before because, one, there's no such thing as an all-hamburger diet. Duh. And if there is, it's probably not healthy. Yeah, probably not. But there were hundreds of comments. Half of them were saying, that's really stupid. You're traveling to the culinary epic of the world. Why would you... Why on earth would you deny yourself the best food in existence? And the other half were saying, hmm... That seems unhealthy. No shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like those are the ones that are like, is this for reals? But like people legitimately got so mad and riled up and just, oh man, it was just, it's hilarious to stand back and just watch it happen. Oh my God. I swear to God. I just opened Facebook. The very first post is, I haven't been to Europe in 15 years. How are people dressing these days? Is it still best to dress a little nice? Or can I get away with California casual? Every comment is so, <laughs> it's so stupid. Jump in there it's... and tell them that they can't wear white tennis shoes. Nope, someone has already done it for me. Perpetuate the rumors. Oh my god, so many people say no white shoes. White shoes is not a thing. Everybody wears them. Stop talking about how awful white shoes are. I just oh, you I'm do going you. To have an aneurysm. You do you, and realize that if you want to go out to a nicer place for dinner or something, then yes, you will have to dress a little nicer. But if you're just walking around checking out the sights and whatnot, casuals fine. Whatever you're comfortable in. Yeah, I really think we need to do that travel myth episode because the white shoe thing just oh. Like, you know how sometimes people who are really intense have that vein on their forehead that pulses when they get angry? <laughs> That's you I right don't now. Have, I don't have one of those that one anyone can see from the outside, but I can sure feel it broiling under the, the skin. Like, oh, people, stop saying this. So, so might have gotten slightly off track with that, that divergence. But go to Facebook, but prepared, be prepared to be a little bit annoyed by the stuff you see, because a lot... There tends to be a lot of people who think they know things and talk out of their asses and they drown out the people who actually know things and are telling you the truth. Because legit, I just scrolled and there was a comment that says, people in Europe don't wear t-shirts. What? Like at all? Do you just go topless? Says, Apparently. What do I do? Your options are topless or button-up shirt. Oh, well, that's easy. Topless. <laughs> mm, I'll let you go with that option and I'll go with the button-up shirt. See who gets arrested first. <laughs> Uh, it's probably not going to be me. I don't know what you're talking about. Clearly, your button up is a fashion faux pas. If it's not couture, it's not, you know, anything. Is that what they want to know? Is like, is it just like runway clothes that everybody's wearing in Europe? Yeah, someone wrote, my husband wears shorts and t-shirts. And someone from outside of Europe replied, that's okay. But in general, European men do not wear shorts and neither do women. Maybe after their 20s. Huh? So because we're not 20, we can wear shorts? I guess... I am, okay, see, this is very confusing advice. Please double check your facts. But not necessarily about clothing, because that's the you do you sort of thing. Uh, Lord. Sometimes the internet just breaks your brain. Yeah, there's one woman going through replying to everyone and saying, I can send you pictures of how my Italian's friend, friends dress. Why? No, stop. Anyway, sorry. I need to close this before I start shouting at people. So the moral of the story is when you read Facebook, don't necessarily read too much into it. Look for overarching themes, but when people shout that they have been to Europe and they know how things work there, or been anywhere and they know how things work there, maybe ask them how much time they've spent there. Because, um... A one-week vacation in 1999 does not count as knowing a place. Especially when there's been that much of a time difference, so. Yeah. I hear they have different currency now. The lira? <laughs> Actually, most of them. Do your research. Double-check your facts. Make sure what you're looking at is current and as up-to-date as possible. And if you're ever uncertain, reach out to someone from the place you're going to. Maybe if you are in one of these travel Facebook groups and you're getting mixed signals, just message someone or say, hey, is anyone from location X and can you help me with something? They're probably going to reach out and help you. Like, 
the internet is full of wonderful people who don't just shout things at each other, in addition to the ones who just shout things at each other. I don't know, I've had people just this week, someone reached out to me about, what is it like having a dog in Germany? Can you tell me? And coincidentally, she was asking about specifically about Dusseldorf. And I messaged her, I was like, hey, here's what you need to know. X, Y, Z, boom, you're done. Here's what I've experienced. Hope this helps you. Mm -hmm. Here's the starting point. cut through some of the noise and make direct connections. Yeah, solid, solid advice. So, do you have have a travel tip of the week? My travel tip of the week is... I don't have one. Do you have a travel tip of the week? Maybe while you're researching, see if there's... Like, if they're in their allergy season, so you don't suffer and cry. Yes, that is good advice. Oh, I do have a travel tip of the week. And this is something that I got from Rick Steves, which is, if you get a guidebook, there's going to be good chunks of it that aren't useful information for you. Maybe there are areas you're not visiting. Maybe there's, like, maybe you don't drink and there's a whole section on bars. Rip it out of your book. If you want to take your book with you, only take the pages that are actually relevant. Don't be afraid to tear it apart and minimize the amount of junk you have to carry with you. Oh, it's like wild. It's like what? Wild, where she ended up burning the pages of the trail guidebook of the parts that she's been on. I haven't read Wild. Oh, it's it's a good book. I'm kind of put off by anything associated with Reese Witherspoon. So I was interested in reading it, and then I heard about the movie, and I went, "Mm, if she likes it, I probably won't like it. No, it's a good book. I believe it. I just, now she taints things for me. As soon as she's associated with something, I go, yeah, not interested anymore. Read the book. It's good. <laughs> but so if you have the Rick Steves books, which unfortunately are only limited to traveling within Europe, he makes and sells binders specifically shaped for his books. So it's his idea. It's not destroying something sacred if it's literally his idea. Just tear your book up, take the pages you need, and leave the rest behind because traveling light is generally speaking traveling smart. That's a really smart idea. Well done, Rick Steves. He has some good ideas. Yeah. His Facebook group's a little out of control, but he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I did end up going to a restaurant that he did feature in one of his travel videos shows. Mm-hmm. We learned that after we went, but we're like, yes, little pat on the back. <laughs> oh, that to add to our list of sources you can check, check travel shows on Netflix. Again, and they might be a little outdated, but they might also help you get going in the right direction. And maybe you'll go to Proshki Proshki. Thank you, Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> Backyard recommendation right there. And it was good. And I love them. And yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So those are many, many different places you can check for information. But if you take anything away from this, it's verify. Cross check your references. Treat yourself. No, that was last week. Last week. Yeah. (laughs) Treat yourself to gelato, but cross reference the opening times and costs of those gelaterias. And verify that you have lactaid. Yes. (laughs) That's not a fun, like, after you get your food covered in dairy going, patting your pockets and go, do I have lactaid? (laughs) I've been there. It's not fun. Yeah, sounds unpleasant. But uh, I think think that's uh, our episode for the week, huh? I think that's it. I think that's everything. Um, Don't forget, it's an adventure, and it's a less panic-inducing adventure if you do a little research. Agreed. Do that research, feel slightly more sure of yourself, and enjoy yourself. If you like this episode and the things we babble on about, don't forget to find us on a plethora of social medias. Remember, it's Facebook, not MySpace now that we're on. Just to clarify. I think we should go further back and start us up a live journal. 
Yes! I mean, they are owned by the Russian government, but, you know, Wait, let's give them what? our secrets. Yeah, Russia bought the rights to the ownership to LiveJournal. No shit. It was being used as an anti-Russian propaganda platform for a lot of people. And so Russia was like, you know how we fix that? We buy it and tell you to shut up. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's an actual thing that happened. Google it. Learn something new every day. Like you would if you read reviews. Eh? Eh? See the segue there? Yeah. Eh? Yeah, very nice. All right. Uh, join us next week for more travel fun and potential misadventures stories and whatnot. Um, yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at to unknown that's s-e-a-t-o unknown or you can jump right onto our website www.c2unknown.com i'm on twitter and instagram as at s-a-r underscore s and melinda is on both as at hooligan monster if you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us please reach out to us at our email which is c2unknown at gmail.com thank you and we hope to see you back here next week bye